Greetings, dear reporters. My name is Detective Jacob Colespear. You're all probably thinking, why am I here on this winter day coming into this police station? Well, what I'm about to tell you is a story of betrayal, intrigue, lies, all taking part on a train ride. That train? A train is known as the Shining Express. You see, after the war, a hundred year war, against the neighboring wizarding country, there was little need for machines of battle. Instead, they decided to focus on more pursuits of technology advancing towards entertainment and luxury. That's where the Shining Express comes from. State-of-the-art train running on lightning magitech going faster than you could ever believe. The people on this train, well, there was our dear victim, Mr. Edgar Baker. You see, Mr. Edgar Baker wasn't the kind of man that a lot of people liked. Not even the kind of man that a lot of people wanted around. But Mr. Edgar Baker was also a man who did not fear other people. Who were the people on this train in question? On the night of Mr. Edgar Baker's death? Why? There was the train conductor, of course. An old war buddy. Even though Edgar himself never participated in the war, it doesn't mean he didn't partake in profiteering. Edgar's husband, Thomas. Married, blissful life on the outside, but on the inside. Angry about a mistress. There's the mistress herself. Maybe she wanted to get out of this situation, had her fun, wanted to leave. The son who was never known about till lately. He wanted his inheritance, felt he was owed this. There was a jilted business partner, scammed out of the money that they worked hard with Edgar for, and yet at the very last minute, Edgar kicked them to the curb. There was the Ice Queen, someone who lived in the shadows and knew every one of Edgar's secrets and came to get paid. And lastly, on this train, there was a scholar, one who continuously would get humiliated by Mr. Edgar Baker's jokes at parties, making a spectacle of their work. Now, let's dive into this tale, the tale of The Shining Express, part one. We come across a train, a shining, beautiful train. That has been set up by a church that has been helping everyone in the world of Eberron, the Church of the Shining God. On this train, there are many different souls that have been inhabiting it. People have just been getting used to life after the war. And the war lasted 100 years, exactly 100 years before the wizards in their own little country that they had, because I know Eberron, lost their war. After this happened, people had a bit of a hard time adjusting back to peace. Peace wasn't something that most people had ever known in their lives. A war that goes on for so long that spanned across a century, it would kind of remove the idea of what to do when your country is not actively fighting someone. So, what do people do? They start trying to make money, and collect it and hoard it. And that's kind of where this story takes place around, is money. You see, 
all our passengers on this train, the Shining Express, are connected to one man, Mr. Edgar Baker, an artificer who is known for his war weapons and really helped turn the tide. But of course, when you get to a level of fame, you get to a level of wealth, you can only get there by making a few enemies along the way. And unfortunately for Mr. Edgar Baker, he decided to invite all his enemies on a ride on the train. Now, Edgar's not a soft-spoken man. He's not even really a kind man. He's kind of an ass. He makes it known that he's richer than you. He's more powerful. He can create the best weapons and that he has enough influence and money to do whatever he wants. Even when he got onto this train, as everyone was being patted down, you had to submit your weapons and a lot of your items that you had on you, he walked right on with a pistol right on his hip. No one said anything. And that's the kind of man that Edgar Baker is. So naturally, as everyone files onto this train, their own connections, a spouse, a lost heir, a secretive lover, a scholar, an ice queen, a former business partner, a loyal retainer, and of course a veteran conductor to lead them on their journey. Something happened one night. Before we get to that night, let's have everyone introduce themselves. Let's start off with Robert. I'm playing Tobias Forge. I'm the veteran conductor. Pretty normal guy, I guess. Has the conductor hat, a bow tie, uh, sort of like a fleece or a woolly jacket with two sets of buttons going down the chest. The, a pocket watch that kind of is strung across. I'm Deidre, or D from the Four Orbs podcast. I play Astra. I am Lenore Nightingale. I am a privileged, well-educated, soft-spoken, and a little snobbish, according to my description. Um, if you can imagine what that looks like, I actually brought this, uh, I was cold earlier, and I was like, ooh, she would be in like a nice like fleece coat. So something, something mm. very well-dressed and obviously a little hoity-toity. I'm Dave, I'm the DM of Four Orbs, and today I will be playing Maximilian Addington Denholm III, aka Mad Max, and he is a young adult man, human man, that is dressed business casual, no tie, just open button down at the collar, and a sport coat and some nice slacks that match the coat. And nothing seems to, he doesn't seem to be carrying anything on him. Uh, everything seems to be fitted well into his pockets. My name is T, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Evangeline Blake in Super Idols. And today I'm playing Veronica Pennington, the Ice Queen. And she's wearing, I researched this, but it's basically a 1915 style uh, satin evening dress. So you can do some Google imaging searching to see what that means, but it's got a wide V-neck and she's also wearing a choker with some pearls that, that drop down. Hi, I'm Michelle. I write for Ballad of the Seven Dice and I play Dorum. So I'm playing Elizabeth Bridgewater, Edgar Baker's former business partner. Um, she's got brown hair, did up real fancy and wearing like a fitted blazer with a slim fitted skirt combo and a, a red hat tilted to the side. Kind of like 40s style. As you all are getting onto this train, this train is a very, very new model. Because normally the trains were very large and we carry a lot of soldiers, but now you don't have that necessary requirement. So the train now are more split up. You, of course, have your first class cabin after the engine. You have a, a galley, or you have a dining car, then you have like the galley, and it has a few other uh, bedrooms there. And then it goes to the second class cabin, basically the people who couldn't afford the great first class lifestyle. And they all have to sleep and all stay in one cabin, which is fun. And then at the very end of the train, you have the cargo, where 
all of your weapons and uh, anything that's like kind of dangerous or bulky or uh, a lot of people are maybe like they're bringing like mercantile goods or back there. And when Edgar came on, you know, he came on with his trusted bodyguard, Blue Shield. And Blue Shield is this warforged that has been by Edgar's side ever since the war. And Blue Shield is currently staying in the cargo hold, just kind of chilling there as Edgar doesn't really need him. So we have all of you, you're, you got settled, and it, it's been a few days that you've been on this train. This train is quite large. It's 20 feet wide for each of the cars, and then it's 60 feet long, and it has a 10-foot ceiling. The train itself, it runs on uh, Magitech, so it has like this lightning magic that is actually propelling it forward along these rails. And so state-of-the-art, everybody wanted to ride on this train. All of you have been relaxing and having a pretty good time on this train. You've probably run into each other because the first class, there isn't that many people. There is, including uh, Mr. Edgar Baker, there's eight of you. And the conductor comes through here every once in a while to make sure everyone's doing okay before going up to the engine and checking on things. So you all, you, you know, you've come across each other. You probably sat down, maybe had a conversation or two. So you're all at least aware of one another's presence on this train. What happened is one early morning, you all, it's your last day on the train. You're excited to be off it because as nice as this train is, being on here for three days hasn't exactly been a blast. And it's maybe five in the morning or so. All of you are still asleep when suddenly, Tobias, you are walking into the dining car. You look around, you know, you're kind of like turning on the lights. You hear the lightning, arcane energy crackling and turning on these little light bulbs that are in the area. And as the lights all come on, you see something that shocks you. You see Mr. Edgar Baker is lying face down on one of the dining tables. Two bullet holes in his back and blood has poured out. Well, I was going to go check for a pulse, but now I'm not. I don't know who who else is running this train right now. Like, there's guards or... You're in charge. There's no, like, actual security. There is Blue Shield, which you know is Edgar's security. Um, you know there's a few, like, staff members that are helping run the engine. They usually stay up there. But you, there are, like, uh, little, little bells or, like, something you can ring. You see that there's one to alert, like, just the first class. Usually it's used for, like, dinner and stuff like that. And then there's another to alert the whole train. I'm going to not run, but definitely move at a very fast pace and get back to the other people working on the train. Mm. Tell them that there's been a murder and that we need to alert um, the passengers. So you quickly go and connecting to these carts, it's like a kind of think of it like a little metal tube that's all made out of this, uh, this plate metal. So you're quickly running through there, you open it up, you see that there was the, the two humans that were working in the front that, you know, like they're just checking over all the little knobs and bobs and weavers. That's how technology works. I am a computer scientist, I know these things. You quickly tell them and they look shocked. What do we do, sir? Sh we're going to be arriving in five hours. Yeah, we need to get everyone together and let them know and keep everyone together. Uh, okay. Uh, do you want us to ring the first class bell or do you, how about the whole train? What should we do? Uh, first class first. So there's a, a little rope for them to pull and they start pulling on it. And all of you, you're, you're kind of, you're woken in your own, your own cabins. And it's like, it's very early in the morning. This bell is going off. And uh, usually this is the bell for, you know, the meal is ready, but it seems too early for it. Uh, I, as Mad Max, will head on into the dining car because they're ringing the bell. That means the food's warm and I want it warm, not cold. So you're, you're kind of rushing in there a little bleary-eyed as you look, and you see the same scene that Tobias himself saw. Oh my gosh! Really? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me! And you see 
Max walk over <laughs> to like the window and put his hand up on the wall and look out. Damn it! <laughs> How am I ever gonna get the money now? You hear some other people coming into the cart, and uh, the rest of you are sort of like filing in, and you're you're just seeing Max just hand on, hand on the wall, just having such a hard time. Uh, the conductor himself is walking back into the room, and uh, you see that Edgar's spouse walks in and he screams, <laughs> and you see his ho- his loyal retainer walks in and they just like back up against the wall like oh my god there is a another woman there who has been in first class she's a lot younger and she just looks like what the hell who did this so when i walk in i take in the scene and i just sit down heavy on one of the seats and i'm a little pale you see uh edgar's eyes are looking like you sit down in the seat you look over at him that smug son of a bitch is looking right at you. Those dead eyes. I just put my hand over my eyes and turn my head away. I walk in. I do that thing where I gasp and cover my chest in shock. And then find a nearby chair and sit down as well. All these chairs are quickly getting filled by gasping people. <laughs> Shocked. <laughs> How about you, Scholar? I will also gasp astonished and then just kind of look around to see how everybody else is reacting. So you're the murderer. <laughs> no, just mimicking everyone else. <laughs> just curious. I, I watch other people in social situations. Yeah. Empathy? What's that? <laughs> D is sus. Whoa! <laughs> These these us right now. Meeting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just basically I'm just kind of people watching. Are we doing votes? Yeah. <laughs> Got to eject someone at the space. <laughs> yeah. Who's us right now? Yeah. <laughs> Boot him off the train. You see the spouse, who you all know as Thomas. He he goes by and he, he closes Edgar's eyes. There's uh, like tears that are running down his cheeks. What? What happened? Who could have done this? Which one of you sons of bitches killed my husband? I'll walk over to him and I'll put my hand on his shoulder in a comforting manner. And I'll say, I'm so sorry, Thomas. Elizabeth, why did this happen? Just to make sure Thomas is the spouse. Just checking my notes. Yeah. You know that the loyal retainer is Frederica and then... The other young woman is Sylvia. You never got last names from them, but you know Thomas is Thomas Baker. What? Who? Who saw? Who saw Edgar last night? I just look around at everybody else. <laughs> uh, he was in the dinner car, just like the rest of us. I, I brought him some alcohol last night. Elizabeth, he he was having a drink with you, wasn't he? Yes, we had some drinks, but he passed out and I went back to my cabin. Did anybody else see him? Before I went back to my cabin, I saw you making that drink for him, Thomas. Yes, I, of course I was just getting it ready for him. Hmm. Well, everybody's kind of talking and all that, can I um, just kind of... I'm not sneaking around, but just just kind of look around the room. Just you know, a few few footsteps here, a few footsteps there. I'm just kind of looking around the room. Can I make an investigation? Yes, you can. Seventeen. You can tell most of the liquor was drank. There's a little bit left still in the bottle. It was like a brandy, and he has a cup that was near his hand. There's um, just like barely any trace amounts that are left in the cup must have finished it before he passed out he has a pistol that was on him but it looks like it's been kind of clumsily placed back in the holster and when you check the pistol you're a man who's used one of these a few times you can see that it is indeed missing two bullets and this is a four-shot pistol so it's his own gun Mm mm-hmm you know, he's been boasting very loudly on this train that this is his latest invention, the quietest pistol ever to be made. Mm. 
I will walk over to him and take the pistol and say I'm going to lock this in um, in the caboose. Only I have the keys to that room. Now wait a minute. Why do you get to hide the gun away from everyone? Why should you have the gun? I didn't suggest that I should have the gun, but the question is why should you have access to the gun alone? Well, I can keep the gun safely away from everyone. Safely away from everyone except yourself. This is my train. You're on my train, sir. A dictator we have here, I see. Well, let's put it this way. If someone else dies, <laughs> then we know who the killer is. <laughs> if it's from gunshots. Frederica just backs away like, that. I don't want anyone else to die, though. <laughs> this is not a good situation. Doesn't make sense that the person who found the dead body takes the murder weapon somewhere else, don't you think? I tend to agree with Veronica. Well, what do you suppose we do with this weapon? I say we toss it off the side of the train. No. Sylvia shrugs, why not? <laughs> Just a gun. That's some cutting edge technology right there. Worth uh, a good penny. How much money? And uh, Thomas speaks up. Thousands. It's probably on his person because he was transporting it to his destination. He clearly didn't shoot himself with it. He was an asshole, but I wouldn't say he was that kind of person. You're, uh, you're familiar with him? Frederica looks at the bag. Yeah, I think it would be kind of hard to shoot yourself in the back. Mr. Edgar, he was not flexible in morals or in his body. Astute observation. I've been with Mr. Edgar most of his business career. He helped raise me and I I have had to help him a number of times. And who's that speaking? Frederica, the, the loyal retainer. Raised you? Yes. I, he took me in quite early and uh, helped me out. Sylvia, she's sitting down. She looks over at Tobias. Tobias, you seem pretty comfortable with guns. Yeah, I fought in the war. They don't bother me that much. It bothers me that this is the quietest gun ever made, but it doesn't bother me. Well, just saying it. This person, I guess, whoever shot him in the back, they probably used a pistol before. I don't think it's that hard to use a pistol, is it? I've never used one. I've never used one before. It's not like there's too much to move, room to move on the train. Especially when you're shooting someone in the back. Pretty easy to hit them. If you're close enough. How does it even work? Do you just push a button? Yes, pretty much. Thomas looks suddenly a little alarmed. We... We mustn't tell Blue Shield until we arrive at our destination. I... I fear he would not take this well and may get a little hostile. Who's Blue Shield? That is Edgar's personal bodyguard of Warforged who's currently residing in the cargo hold. He's residing in the cargo hold? Yeah, like he's, he's staying there for the three days. Because he, he doesn't need any of the, the fancy stuff everyone else has. But he's not guarding his charge? Mr. Edgar told him to stay there. Okay, I was just going to make sure that the carts that you have shown us here, that's all of them, right? Yep. And it would start with the engine and end in the cargo? Everyone knows that the second class cab... It would be filled with probably like another 10 people or so. They're, they're like the beds and room layouts. It's all just like open concept. You know, they decided to remove all those walls and just really free up the space. And so does it go engine, first class, dining car, gallery, second class cargo? Or what? That's right. Okay. Now, Thomas, I think I'm just going to get straight to the point here. Hmm. What were you mixing in that brandy bottle last night? I was just adding something in there that helps Mr. Baker with his mornings. Hmm. 
We all know he likes to drink a little bit too hard. And the last thing we need to do is have him too hungover to give his presentation today. We all know. So does everyone here know, know him? Like everyone's familiar with him? You say we all know. I, I recognize all of you here. Yes, I recently met Thomas here, along with finding out more about Mr. Baker recently. I feel all of you have a connection to my husband, and why don't we just say it now? We all obviously know I'm, I'm married to him, but the rest of you. Honestly, I'm surprised this didn't happen sooner. Why do you say that? He was always an asshole to me. The asshole that he is, I don't think he deserves this. I'm his bastard son. Really? <laughs> Few people step back, but not Thomas. <laughs> he wanted nothing to do with me for all my life. And then a few days later, after hearing, basically being told off, he invites me here on this train. Did he say anything? Any reason why he wanted you on this train? And that's, uh, Thomas is still speaking. Not at all. I guess he was wanting to tell me on the train. It's like I'll never get that chance now. Frederica looks over at you, Lenore. How about you? I've seen you at a few of those fancy parties. Yes, I've I've been at some social events. Um, I I know of this this Edgar, but I we've never made ourselves acquainted with each other. Um, he's hasn't always had my best interests at heart, but I still find myself here for some reason I don't know. It doesn't seem like a lot of people have had really pleasant experiences with Mr. Baker. Mr. Baker and I go way back. Before he made his fortunes. He's an old friend. A friend? I find that hard to believe. Anytime I've seen him interact with anyone, he was always a piece of shit to them walking around thinking he's bigger than everybody else. He was never like that with you? Oh, he was. But not quite as, not quite as much. Because I remember where he came from. So did you help him make the fortunes? I did. Edgar and I also go way back. As his former business partner, if it wasn't for me, he never would have made the money that he did. Are you still tied into his finances? Actually, uh, he took everything from me. He took my hard work, and then he cut me out right before his business got big. But recently I was invited back to start business up again, and I'm here because I want the money he owes me. I see you too have a debt. What kind of debts do you have with him, Veronica? I kept something hidden for him, and now he owes me. I didn't get invited. I, I invited myself. Oh, you invited yourself onto the train. What does he owe you? Uh, money. For a favor. And Elizabeth, he owes you money as well? That's right. Does he owe everyone money? I am not owed money, but I kind of expected an inheritance at some point in my life as his bastard son. Sylvia says, I I know him a bit, but he he doesn't owe me anything. And everyone roll me an insight. That's a natural one. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Hey. (laughs) I'm just too busy raging. (laughs) I want my money. Max got a 15. Yeah, Lenore got a 7. I got a 16 altogether. So Max and Tobias, you notice as Sylvia is just kind of nonchalantly saying, like, uh, he doesn't owe me anything. Thomas is given some mad side eye at Sylvia. There's just some, there's not, there's no love there. Who's Sylvia again? Sylvia is this young woman that's on uh, on the train. Every so often you might have seen Edgar talk to her. Mm-hmm. He's not the loyal retainer because that's Frederica. Yeah. Thomas, do you care to tell us the truth about that? What are you talking about, Tobias? Well, you, you just side eyed her. Clearly there's some bullshit going on there. If you must know, I mean, I suppose it matters not. As my husband is lying face down in his own blood. 
Miss Sylvia and my husband have been seeing each other on the side. I've been aware of this, and I have spoken to him about it before, and I did not want it continuing. Sylvia just kind of shrugs as you see she's reaching over the bar and like grabbing a, a bottle of wine from behind it and just starts pouring a glass. Sounds like all he owed her was a good time. She just raises the glass. No, he, he paid in full. How nice for you. So Thomas, were you upset about this and you killed your husband? No. No. The bastard made me upset sometimes, but I still love him. I figured we could still work through this. He had stresses, and Miss Sylvia would like to take advantage of those moments of weakness. But I love my husband. Can I roll an insight? Yeah. As an 18. Uh, yeah, he, it seems like Thomas, yeah, definitely loved his husband. Is he acting, like, defensive or anything like that? Or affronted at the accusation, I guess? A little affronted and definitely definitely angry at Sylvia. I'd like to investigate the scene. Sure. So there's the body, the gun. Now that I'm reminded that we are uh, actually playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a strange game choice for this, but... So the body hasn't been moved at all, right? No, it hasn't. Uh, but the gun has been removed from his hand by Tobias. The gun was kind of like, it was sloppily put back in the holster. It goes kind of a little off. Okay. And then uh, Tobias had taken it out of the holster to look at it. Um, I'm going to investigate the body. And sure. I'd like to do it subtly as well, like while they're chatting to each other, if possible. So do you want to do an investigation or a medicine? Investigation. I'm basically looking to see, like, if there's anything else hidden with the gunshots, basically. Like, is that really how he was killed? Okay. It's a 19. It definitely looks like the bullets are the thing that killed him. The You could see that the bullets caught onto the table just below the body because it's kind of like hanging. It's hunched a little bit over. The blood was uh, pulling down. There doesn't seem to be any other wounds that you can glance because you're just kind of trying to do a little bit of a cursory look over the body without drawing too much attention. And uh, you, you even notice there is still like the sort of mark in his pants where you can tell like his wallet is. So his wallet's still there. Doesn't look like someone was trying to take something from him. Can I use slide a hand to take that wallet? Yeah, you can. Thanks. <laughs> what? 22. <laughs> oh my God. If anyone wants to try to do uh, a perception on that, they can. I would because I'm still people watching. Yeah, sure, I'll give it a try. I just rolled a natural one. Uh, that is a 15. 11. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> I got a 10. It was a high roll. It's a hard one to beat, so you kind of just sort of palm this wallet with a little bit too much expertise <laughs> <laughs> as you, you just put it away. And Thomas is just... He's getting, like, more and more frustrated you see like a vein like kind of pop in the forehead and his face is going a little red this this is too much I need a goddamn drink make sure not to mix anything in there then you see he just slams the cup down damn it Max I'm simply putting something in there so that he would fall asleep so that stupid woman wouldn't be sleeping with him maybe if uh he wouldn't have been drugged. He could have fought back against this shot in the back. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know we had murderers on board. One of you people killed my husband. One of us? Sounds like you had a grudge just like the rest of us do. Yeah. If anything, I would have shot Sylvia. And Sylvia's just like, <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> She's drinking her wine. <laughs> I mean, she was doing what she was paid to do. I don't understand why you're shooting her. It's a tough time after the war. People need steady work. She's like, oh, I wasn't getting paid. He gave me gifts, but it was just... I was just doing it on the side. This is, this is his latest ad invention, and it's the quietest gun ever made, but 
who all knew that? Like, who would have known that that's the quietest gun? He he told everyone. Like, he would have told the shopkeeper that he walked by. Like, if there's a homeless dude in the street, he would have yelled it at him. <laughs> like, he let everyone know this is his thing. Just so that when it finally hit the market, everyone knew that it was him who made it. Okay. He was a man who was bad at keeping secrets. Okay. Because I was going to accuse Thomas again, saying that he would have probably been the only one to know that it's... Yeah, no, he he told everyone, like, if you ever unfortunately got into a conversation with this man, that was probably the first thing that he said while he's, like, holding it, pointing it around. Now, I barely know my father, but I would assume that a business partner or a scholar or someone helped him make this gun. Is there any debts in that topic for any of you? This is the first time I've talked to him in years. I didn't know anything about this. The market for weapons is going down now that the war is over. There's always a market for weapons. And there's always another war. You hear a little a little ding and over like one of the one of the talking tubes you can hear Four hours until our destination. Uh, Thomas? Hmm. Did you know about our young Mr. Max here? Just recently. Maximilian. Yeah, Maximilian had come by the house, and, uh, Edgar had apparently known about this, and I'm, I'm honestly not surprised at this point, but... Yes, I, I knew about Max. Max seemed seemed fine. Seemed like he's, he's been raised well. I didn't really have any issue with him getting to know Edgar. So he told you about this recently? Yes, it was, it was quite recently that I found out. See? Look, just because Thomas has a lack of judgment when it comes to love doesn't mean he's a murderer. He never would have done this. Thomas is a good man. He's too good for Edgar. Thank you, Elizabeth. Well, he doesn't have to worry about that now, does he? Okay, so just just a quick recap here. Elizabeth, you were owed money. Veronica, you were also owed money. Max, you're his bastard child. Lenore, how did you know him? Uh, at a few social gatherings we met. Um, that's really it. Just like friends of friends. Okay. Why are you here then, Lenore? Well, I, I was invited. What's your field of study? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't choose one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a trainologist. Study wombology. <laughs> it's the study of wombo. What is wombo? <laughs> it's the size. What? <laughs> Have you never watched Spongebob? (laughs) It was that that gun that they shot that would like make people really big and they're like, what is Wumbo? And Patrick's like, you know Wumbo, Wumbology, the study of Wumbo. I don't remember that episode at all. (laughs) I don't either. It's pretty great. I'm pretty sure it's when they stole Merman's guns, like all his equipment and messing around with it. And they could use his belt because it's an M, and then when you turn it around, it's a W, and when you shoot it at someone, they grow size. So Patrick was saying that it was Wumbo. I'm going to have to look that up later. <laughs> magic tech. Magitech. Yeah. Hey, steady magic. Yeah. Oh, you're a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a wizard. Were you involved in the wizard war? No. Is this a thing that everyone else knows about? There were some people who managed to dodge... The, the draft that took you into war if you had reason enough. Like, there's some people that would be better suited to, like, research and stuff. I just mean, like, everyone on the train. Everyone would be aware of the wizard war. That was, that's the war that we're just coming out of. Is the wizard war. And we were against the wizards? Yeah. Uh, it was like a wizard nation. Like, their their whole thing was, like, all about, like, just pure arcane, whereas where you're from, it's more industrial. And then there was a, a clash whereas the wizards were trying to take control. It's not like every wizard was a bad person. It's just like the ones of this country were very... Like uh, the red red wizards, let's say. Yeah. So we might be wary of the wizard. Yeah, so 
there's definitely, like, if the wizard started spouting about how magic was better than technology, usually that would be like, well, hey, wait, what? <laughs> As you look over, but, like, usually that was, that was one of the key signs, is the disdain for tech. How do you feel about technology? How do I feel about technology? I mean, I, you know, it's an advancement. I, I agree in technology. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Can I roll insight? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Oh, I got 20 altogether. I think technology is great. <laughs> Splendid. Yeah. So yeah Sounds see. good. <laughs> Checks out. You do know one of the things that helped win this war was uh, the recent growth of the Church of the Shining God helped give a lot of power and uh, military might to your nation. So that's... That's how a lot of that got integrated. And this, even this train has come about from uh, a joint operation with the church and uh, the local researchers. I personally am a big fan. Oh, church of the Shining God is great. They've just been helping everyone. Not a single bad thing has come about from it. <laughs> Praise be to our Shining God. Wait, are we on a train full of cultists? <laughs> yeah, who are, who are the passengers? <laughs> The other passengers. I'm surprised Bernard Busybody hasn't shown up yet. <laughs> you open up the you open up the door to the second class. They're all in red robes. Like, oh, praise me! Oh, praise me! Yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say that we suddenly notice. It's like, oh yeah, okay. You just close the door, and lock it. <laughs> well, truthfully though, I mean, who is to say that it was anyone in first class? Could have been anyone on the train, right? One of those bastards from second class could have snuck up here. Wait, how many people are on the train? There are the uh, the eight of you, and of course the recent Mr. Edgar Baker. There is the ten people from the second class train. They've all just been literally staying in the second class cart, and then there is the warforged that is staying in the cargo bay. Well, I don't know if we should go alerting everyone. We don't want to cause a panic. Does anybody here have the of any medical ability? Is the drink glass there? Mm-hmm. Is there any liquid inside of it still? Um, it, it's kind of like the last, like the sticky little bits left, but there is still a little bit left in the bottle. And I saw Thomas mixing it in the bottle or the glass. The bottle. But why wasn't Elizabeth? Yes? How did you sleep last night? I slept fine. Did you have a lot of that brandy? Uh, just a couple drinks. No hangover? Not really. What are you getting at? Well, <laughs> Thomas's mixture was in the bottle itself. Not the glass. And I believe you drank from that same bottle? And so Thomas poisoned... Lucas? Should I be feeling that? You, you drank from the bottle, you feel fine. I don't have anything uh, listed here, so. Yeah, no, you're you're fine. You you don't feel hungover, you, you feel okay. You, you didn't, ha- like, you weren't super hammered or anything. You know Edgar was. Edgar was drunk as mm-hmm. hell. He likes his drink. Like, he likes his money. Lots of it. Yep. It's mm. a greedy son of a <laughs> bitch. I pick up the bottle in front of everybody just to see if anyone reacts. I'd say roll an insight. Nine. Uh, people are looking at you like Thomas is looking drained. Like, just kind of like a... Almost like a defeated state. You see that Retainer is looking a little uncomfortable, Frederica. She's, um, like, pacing a little bit. And you see the, the young woman, Sylvia, is very lax when you lift the bottle and like you're kind of like shaking a little bit you're holding up it looks a little a little bit misty inside uh she just kind of raises an eyebrow at you and she's just taking a look like wondering what you're doing really maximilian is it time to be drinking i don't plan to drink a poisoned bottle thomas i assume you do this every night when he drinks (sighs) not every night just and I'd rather not be embarrassed. Where do you get such a concoction as I, like, hold it up to the light in the ceiling? It's, it's just a sleep potion. Did you make it? No, 
No, I just I purchased them from uh, from one of the the alchemists that are near our place. I have the bottle. It's in it's in my cart. You want me to go grab it? So you have more? No, this was it. So you have an empty bottle, is what you're saying? Yeah. Why wouldn't you throw the bottle away into the trash can? Why keep the bottle? Sounds like maybe you're hoarding evidence. I'm not hoarding any evidence. If you want to look at it, then feel free. I would love to. I'll set up my alchemy set. You're making a lot of accusations, Maximilian. Almost like... Look. You have a vested interest. I hated this man, but I have nothing to gain from his death until after he named me his heir. Me not being named his heir? No reason for him to be dead for me. I've lost everything. And that made you angry, didn't it? You see, Fertrick could look over. Did he name you his heir? Did it! <laughs> Wait, what's happening? I missed something. <laughs> we all think you flew into a fit of rage and killed him. That is the last thing I would do, as the money was much more important to me in my inheritance. His death means nothing to me. So you say. So is Max Sylvia's son? No, Max would be uh, Edgar's son. Yeah, but Sylvia's the lover. Oh, no, she she looks probably just a little older than Max, but not old enough to be his mother. Yes, you see, here's my mother, and I show a picture of... My mother and Edgar together from, I'm guessing, before I was born? Yeah. Everyone's kind of, like, craning their necks. Thomas, like, gets up and walks over. This looks like before I met him. Where did you get that? This picture? From my mother, who's in the picture. When did she give that to you? Whenever she sent, she told me about Edgar. When she told me about him, she showed me this picture. Are we passing the photo around? Does anyone know who the mom is? Yeah, I'll pass it around. I don't have any reason not to. Uh, Thomas, like, looks at it for a good minute, but doesn't seem to react. Uh, Frederica, like, kind of looks at it like, oh, okay, okay. Like, kind of passes it over to uh, Veronica. Oh, we've met. And then I just wave it to someone else. Well, who is it? You've met my mother? Yes. She's a nice woman, right? Sus. She is. You say, as Thomas kind of like sits up a little bit more, you you know a lot about Edgar. You've known him for a long time. Are you meaning to say that you knew about Max? Yes, I did. In fact, uh, he enlisted my help to pay Max's mother to hide his existence. And now that he's rich, I'm here to collect what he owes me. So he never paid you? No. He was poor at the time. He's been avoiding me for a while. Hmm. You see Thomas just proceeds to pour more into a cup, going like... (sighs) I'm just rubbing his back. Poor guy. I hate trains so much. What's going on here between the two of you? Elizabeth has been a dear friend... I've known Elizabeth since her and Edgar been working together, and of course, I knew that Edgar ended up stabbing Elizabeth in the back. I was not okay with it, but I think most of us are very aware that Edgar does what Edgar does, and damned be to everyone else who stands in the way. Sounds like there are... I know that you all just kind of directed some questions at me, but I feel like all of you are much angrier at him than me, except for maybe Lenore. Lenore seems not so angry. I didn't like the man. What What do you have against him? You didn't like him so much. Well, a few of these social gatherings that we've been to at one particular party, he decided to humiliate me. Humiliate you? Go on. As a uh, bastard son, I almost feel like I can connect with this. Public humiliation? Must have made you quite upset. Yes. Well, he brought up one of my studies in front of a whole party and just talked off about it like it was nothing of importance. I'm just wasting my time as a scholar and 
I'll never get anywhere with my life, and it was really embarrassing for him, but, you know, he's just got such a high status that everybody just clung to every word that he said and made me look like a fool. Are you, like, getting madder <laughs> as you're talking? Um, I would say I'm, I'm a very soft-spoken individual, so I might be a little annoyed, but I'm not mad. Are you doing the snobby noble thing? Like, your head keeps rising higher and higher and higher. It's like yes. you're looking up and I keep getting angrier as I look to the sky. So being humiliated by such a man, I would think that you wouldn't want to be around him. Why are you here? As I said, I was invited, and though I might not like him, we do have companions that, you know, are friends of friends. So I thought maybe I would find someone else on this journey that I can make acquaintance with. Now to bring this back before we point fingers at each other, perhaps we should find out when exactly he died? Does anyone have any medical training? Okay, does anyone have the medicine skill? I don't. None of these three do. I have healing word and calm emotions and crown of madness. Just in case. <laughs> yeah, use that. I uh, do not have a medicine skill. So no one's trained in medicine? Alright, well, someone could just make a blind roll if they want to, if they're feeling and so bold. If somebody wants to help someone, they can get advantage. I have bardic inspiration. There you go. That's handy, too. Get that extra d6. <laughs> uh, Tobias, you were in the army. Do you have any experience with tending wounds? Like your experience with guns. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm not able to help with wounds at all. <laughs> I drove a tank in the war, and that's, that's it. Thomas just... <clears throat> well, I... I don't know a whole lot about medicine, but maybe I can I can give this a shot. If somebody wants to lend me a hand, maybe hold the body up so we can try to look at this. I'll hold the body up for you. We'll take a look. Thomas, you've been drinking quite a bit. Well, maybe, maybe the drink will give me some clarity through this rage. While Thomas is doing the medicine check, I'm going to feel around in the upper pockets of uh, in the coat pockets <laughs> of Edgar. <laughs> Uh, okay, so 24 altogether, thanks to that D8. Well, um, now I don't know how I know this, <laughs> but I'd say from my time in the war, it looks like he's been dead for maybe, maybe it happened around midnight to three in the morning, something like that. So he hasn't been dead for very long. The body is starting to stiffen up quite well. Uh, definitely died from the bullet wounds. The bullets made it through to the table. Um, there doesn't look like there was any sign of resistance or any other kind of attack on him. Do I feel anything in his coat pockets? Yes. You do find something. You want sleight of hand or investigation? I want a uh, sleight of hand, because I imagine you're trying to take this out. It is 20. Everyone can roll in perception. It's a nine. It's a 17. Got a 15. 14. No one seems to notice this at first while you're, while you're pulling this out. You're feeling pretty confident. You've been, you've been doing good today. As you're taking this out, and just as you're about to like, kind of like slip it towards, like you curl your hand over this piece of paper, Thomas grabs onto your wrist. What do you have there, Max? I was just, you know, checking his pockets for any clues, and I found this piece of paper, and then I, like, hold it with two fingers, like a magician, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas is looking at his hands covered in his husband's blood. He looks a little pale, like a little shocked. I need to wash my hands. If someone wants to look at this paper. I'll do it, and I flick my fingers around and <laughs> unwind the paper. Did you find anything else? No, this is all I have found. <laughs> Surely a wallet? <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, no, I'm gonna, I haven't found anything else. Just just this piece of paper. Oh, uh, well, can you look around there and uh, pull out his wallet? Oh, sure, I'll check. 
Did I reach for his back pocket to pull out a wallet? There doesn't seem to be one. Oh, that's weird. Are you suggesting that he ha had a wallet? Uh, Thomas just excuses himself as he goes to wash his hands. And another card. Um, before Thomas before Thomas leaves, I say to him that I think we should at least stay in groups, so I can go with him to the dining area to uh, so he can wash his hands. I mean, there's a murderer on this train, so certainly, I I'd appreciate that. I'd probably go with Thomas too, because we're friends. Yeah, should the man with the gun go alone with another person? <laughs> That's suspicious. <laughs> I'll go too. That's weird. <laughs> All right, so Elizabeth and Tobias can join along with <laughs> with Thomas. What should we do with the gun? What's what's fair? What would be make everyone comfortable? I mean, just leave it on the ground there. We'll keep an eye on it. Put it back in his holster, sloppily like you did before. No, it's on the ground. <laughs> 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 okay, so this gun has four shots. What I do is I take the clip out. I take the last bullets that are in the gun. Yeah. And I throw them out the window. And I'll put the gun back in the holster. All right. So the gun is uh, placed back. And just before Thomas leaves he has his blood on his hands he turns around and says um, just so that we're all aware of what's on that paper do you mind just quickly reading it Max? Sure I would not mind at all I unfold the paper and give it a read out loud it is a signed copy of a document naming you as <laughs> Edgar's hair yikes <laughs> well I wish well. I didn't well, well, how the turntables. Anyway, uh, what do you have there? I mean, I read it straight out loud. I don't read it before I, like, say it. I just <laughs> unfold it and read it. You're, like, saying it, your voice, like, teetering out slowly. <laughs> so you get, you're like, and it appears that he actually did name me his heir. I'll grab the paper and just check if the signature is real. It is real. Huh. Murderer! It look, it's real. It has like the, the little bit of like dustings that were put it over it, so like the the signature is dried and wasn't smudged. It's like a, whoever did this, the, if Edgar did this, he took his time signing it. Huh. Well, it seems like your little situation about having no money has been resolved. Indeed, it has. What a coincidence that he's and he's dead. How convenient. This is quite fantastic. Wow. Well, in that case, I have a debt that I need paid. So a debt from Edgar Baker, right? That's right. You inherited his money. You inherit his debts. I don't know if that's how it works. <laughs> uh, it, it is. Ooh, that tone. It does for me. It does. <laughs> there was some anger behind that. <laughs> I've been waiting 20 years. How much is this debt? I mean, how how old is Max? <laughs> it might be a bit longer than 20 years. <laughs> I did say he was a young adult, so probably around 20 years. Yeah. I've been waiting 20 years. I've been plenty patient. So how much is this debt? It is... Uh, However, amount of money is very expensive in this universe. Doesn't it say on your paper? Because it gives me an amount on mine. Uh, no, it doesn't. Hmm. So it's probably a lot. Interesting. <laughs> There's no amount listed. Yeah. Well, listen, I have no reason not to pay you your debts. The man was an asshole. I don't plan to be an asshole with his money. If he owes you something, I'll do my best to make it happen. Well, he owes me a hundred gold. As I said, whatever debts he has. You have it in paper, documented? You should ask your mother. What does my mother have to do with this? I paid her. To keep you quiet. To keep me quiet. You paid her to keep me quiet. What, 
To keep you a secret. To keep you a secret. But what is what does that have to do with your money? It was for Edgar. And now he owes me. As I said, I would be willing to pay you from his coffers that I have now inherited. Then my square. Frederica, is that all right with you? Um, I, I, w- I just worked for him. And now you work for me. Do I? It appears that way, based off of this piece of paper. Um, can I ask what time, uh, do we know what time Tobias found the body and, like, rang the bell and alerted everyone? Uh, you, you know, like, uh, probably around the time that you woke up, there's probably, like, some kind of, like, old clocks. Uh, it would have been, like, five in the morning. And looking, looking around, you see, like, there's a clock in here, and it says seven. And you know that you'll be arriving at your destination at ten. Thomas just goes, I... Fuck it, I'm just gonna wipe my hands off as best I can. I guess this I can't leave the room while this is happening. <laughs> well, Frederica and I were in the middle of a conversation in the wee hours of the morning about the debt that Mr. Baker owes me. So I we definitely were not here when Mr. Baker died. Yeah. Frederica nods can back up that. Where were all of you? Well, I know that Thomas was here, and I know that Elizabeth was here, but I believe I retired to my cabin. I left them all here alive. Well, he was alive when I left. When did you leave? Around midnight. That sleeping potion must have did you in then, huh? Yeah, I was feeling tired after some drinks, and I went to bed. And Thomas? When did you head to your cabin? I lie. I left the alcohol for Elizabeth and Edgar, and I, I went back to my cabin after that. I, I don't know the time. It could have been around 9 or 10. So you left before Elizabeth? Yes. Elizabeth? Is that true? Yes. Well, it sounds like no one really has an alibi once they went to bed. Anyone could have gotten out of their cabins. Sounds like you don't have an alibi in the dining room with him. You may have been the last person to see him alive. Well, I would think that the killer was the last person to see him alive. I think that's what I'm suggesting, Elizabeth. (laughs) (laughs) Thomas says, now, hold on just a minute. I know Elizabeth. Let's put this together, Thomas. You may have just found out that he was signing his inheritance over to me. And this infuriated you, not only because you'd lose your fortunes, but you'd also lose your love. That was already lost to Sylvia, and I look over to her. Sylvia's just still, like, kind of, like, she now, at this point, has her feet up, and she's just, like, watching all this. She seems a little amused, if anything. I I imagine she has her feet up, like, in the booth of, like, a dining chair or something, like, dining booth or something like that. Yeah. I will, like, go sit next to her, and I, I imagine she has, like, a bottle of wine and a glass, and I'll just, like, take the bottle and take a swig and, sit. <laughs> <laughs> and put my feet up as well. So, Thomas and uh, Elizabeth, it sounds like you two might have found out about this paper that was signed. And if we knew about the paper, why wouldn't we have taken it and destroyed it? Why would we leave it and leave the money to you? It seems... Why? Yeah. What Elizabeth said. <laughs> Who was set to inherit the money before he signed it over? She has a point. She does have a point. Unless there's a second copy. And he forged, he put one together knowing that it would infuriate them. And hid it in his pocket. And then signed a second one that they believe was the true one. So he tried to bait us into killing him? Just for the heck of it? I don't know. Why would he want to die? <laughs> I'm the CEO of a new company, and I'm very young. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. Maybe we should take a look in his room and see what we can find there. Not an awful idea. Did you share a room, Thomas? Of course. Elizabeth, was there anyone else in the room with you two when you left for the night? No, there wasn't. It was just the two of us when I left. So he was there by himself and anyone could have walked in to kill him. Except for me and Frederica, who were, as I stated, in deep conversation. 
You're making that very suspicious by saying that over and over again. Because it's my alibi. Frederica, do you have anything to say? Listen, I was talking to Miss Pennington, and this is, we we were talking about uh, this weird debt that's going on, and there's there's way too much information around this man that's connecting all of us, and I'm freaked out. I'm just a retainer. I don't have a lot of information on what goes on in this high society. I deliver letters and stuff. I collect meals. That's not all you do, Frederica, dear. Speaking of meals, Frederica, could you get me a sample of eggs and bacon for the morning? Yes. Oh, he's just like his father. (laughs) What about you, Max? What? How do we know that you didn't know that you were getting the inheritance and you just figured, oh, might as well off the old man and then you, you can get it that much sooner. You seem pretty comfy already in your lavish CEO lifestyle. Perhaps he met with you after he met with Elizabeth and that's when he told you about his inheritance and that you were going to obtain it and that's when you killed him to get the inheritance right away. You just couldn't take it. I've never touched a gun in my life. <laughs> But you said it was quite easy to shoot one. You just press a button. Yes, a button, right? Is that how it works? Make me a dexterity saving throw, everyone. 24. Wish I could roll like that with another perception check. 12. 18. 16. 18. All right. So everyone manages to stay on their feet. Suddenly the lights go out and you enter into a tunnel. Everyone is like quickly like stumbling around. You hear like the odd like a, a bottle smash. Yeah, what must have been the wine bottle is being drank. You hear like other things like falling over. A chair gets knocked over. Someone screams, and the train comes out of the tunnel. And the natural sunlight comes through the window, and Miss Sylvia is dead, laying back in the booth. A bottle smashed into, it looks like their their throat, like there's shards of glass sticking out as their eyes are wide. And both Thomas and Frederica are nowhere to be seen. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Well, wasn't that something? Now, if you're all enjoying this story where every time things start to make sense, it just flips itself on its head, head on over to the DM's Guild and search yourself up Murder on the Eberron Express. This adventure heavily relies on this module. And you yourself can run your own murder mystery. Now, if you want to hear the thrilling conclusion of this tale, dear reporter, you'll have to come back next time. And I'll finish up this tale. Until next time.